So welcome to our silver episode today, the 25th <laughs> Transportation Management Podcast episode. Today is about SAP TM Collaboration Portal, and I'm Thomas Quintus, a developer and Scrum Master in the Freight Order Management Team. Yeah, I'm Bernd, and yeah, from, also from Freight Order Management Team, and asking stupid questions today about the SAP TM Collaboration Portal. My name is Jan Rumek. I'm the um, architect for the team which is responsible for the TM Collaboration Portal. SAP TM Collaboration Portal. <laughs> I'm Sabine Handescher. I'm also part of the team for the SAP TM Collaboration <laughs> Portal, and I'm also responsible for tendering. Okay, so let's get started from 10,000 feet as usual. So what is the SAP-TM collaboration portal about? <laughs> so the SAP-TM collaboration portal uh, uh, SAP, sorry. is targeted to, uh, to um, enable carriers to collaborate with their shippers directly in the TM backend of the shippers. So that means the carrier would run that portal or would the shipper run that portal? The shipper is hosted. Okay. At the shipper, uh, the shipper is hosting the portal on their system. Okay. And the carrier is accessing this through the TM set directly on the shipper's system. Okay. So if in a secure way. In a secure, convenient and usable way, I assume. Right. Right. But we come Tricky. to that uh, <laughs> later. Later. Okay, great. So it's uh, it's a way that you, let's say from a, the one running the TM, that would be the shipper or even an LSP, and you collaborate uh, through that SAP TM collaboration portal uh, with the your carriers, with your providers, exactly. transportation service providers. I see. And then from a high-level perspective, so what are the ways I, or what are the collaborations I can do in that so we portal? currently cover the Topics of tendering. Hmm? Um, ah, that's TMP2, I think, right? So if you don't know what tendering is, uh, wind back to TMP2. That's also one of the early episodes, yeah? Then we support self-billing okay. in the area of freight settlement. And we support the freight agreement management. And, and we support uh, freight orders for execution, where you can do events and notification handling and status reporting and stuff like that. That's in SP2. Right. But okay, yeah. That, yeah. So, but yeah. Ah, today, the so 4th of July. Happy birthday, Christy, if you're um, And um, yeah, that's so SP2 of TM91 is in the market and in there um, you have the um, execution functionality as well. So, I, so we have a freight agreement management chapter, so to say, or area in that portal. So I can com uh, collaborate do the freight procurement part through that portal. Okay. Then I can do the, the tendering based on, on that agreement later, the execution and the invoicing. So basically that's uh, all I want to do with the carrier, right? Basically, yes. Or some, yeah. Okay, that's something missing. No. Sounds complete at least. And maybe enough uh, to talk about. So maybe let's dive a bit deeper. So maybe let's go through the process um, chronologically. In time manner. Um, so it starts with uh, creating a freight agreement that do the freight procurement uh, with my carrier. So what, what are the things I can do in that freight agreement management area? 
So you as a shipper would uh, create your freight agreement RFQs, request for quotation in your TM system mm -hmm. and uh, send them out to the various carriers. Um, what happens then is that uh, in the TM backend, there's um, an Excel spreadsheet created with all the the details, of course, of that request for quotation, which are the rates, etc., that um, you wanna wanna debate with the carriers mm -hmm. about, and then the carrier can log on to the portal, and um, in that uh, freight agreement management, he can see that request for quotation, can of course download that Excel spreadsheet, which is the request for quotation, which contains the details, mm -hmm. um, and then well he can create his reply, his quotation for that, which means he also um, uploads an Excel spreadsheet with all the details of his quotation, what his rates are, and and so on, can upload that to that request for quotation, can add some additional notes if he, if he wants, and submit that then back to the TM system so that you as a shipper will then receive that quotation and in the backend, you can then compare the various quotations you receive from various carriers and can, in the end, accept one of them. Okay, but you would not, main, as a carrier, you would not maintain your offer directly in that portal, but it's, you have a high-level view on the quotations, um, and then you can down and upload an Excel. That would be the way exactly. you communicate, and maybe that's typically how the way also, yeah, okay, how carrier would do, like to do that, right? So often the carriers anyways have their rates and Excel spreadsheets, mm. and this is pretty much the most convenient way for them to maintain it, and then everything is based on Excel integration. Okay. And is that uh, really one big Excel for the complete mm -hmm. offer? With steps? Yeah. Okay, maybe that would be something for the freight agreement management podcast episode as such, also that was talking about. Okay, so you, you see the um, Open quotations that mm -hmm. where you are invited and do the administrative stuff uh, in the carrier portal, upload, download some notes, contacts, most, most likely that kind of stuff. But the actual maintenance is done through Excel up and download. Exactly, okay. Yeah. Do you also see like your ranking or something there or? No, you won't oh, see it. that. It's really purely your open and of course also historically closed mm. quotations, quotations you submitted. Um, you would see if you provided um, a quotation which contains errors that you maybe have a wrong format in your Excel spreadsheet or something. You would mm. see that, of course, um, as an error in the portal and can react and on it then. Okay. But if you are, okay, you would also see if you won or not, most likely, right? Yeah. Or, or partially won. Is that also something you would see? Like quotation, business share? On only you fully got it or not. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's uh, would be something for future. Maybe we have to discuss it more with the freight mm -hmm. agreement management as such. Okay, that and that's it in in, in that yeah. collaboration perspective, yeah. so to say. Okay, that sounds simple. Okay, nice. I think we we discuss the technical ways and what are the devices and that stuff later. Maybe start with the functionality mm -hmm. first. Then, um, next thing, once I won that freight agreement through my SAP TM collaboration portal, uh, I would take part of 10 rings most likely as a default carrier. So what, what can I do as a carrier in that portal then? So in the portal, you would of course see the freight request for quotation, which are mm -hmm. created for freight orders in mm -hmm. the um, shipper system. 
you would see the open RFQs, would see the details about the transport, like logistical information, item information, what item is loaded where and when. Um, you would see all the details, can also have a nice um, view on this on a map so that you can see the, the locations on the map and stuff like that if you wish. And then you can, of course, create your quotations from there. You can either just say, okay, I accept it as it is with the proposed price and the proposed dates, um, or you can reject it, as we just know it from, from tendering in the back end. And you can also do what we call accept with changes, where you say, okay, I want to accept it, but I propose a different price, or I would like to um, to propose appointment dates within given mm. ranges that are given by the by the shipper. Yeah, then you can submit it, and then you would, of course, see all the quotations you have submitted in the past. You would see which ones have been awarded by the shipper, which ones have been rejected, um, and that's pretty much it. Sounds pretty similar to uh, the tendering app we have and also discussed before in the earlier. It's basically a different view on that same tenderings uh, for yeah. yeah for web for web based access. So that's okay. pretty much a, a replacement for what we had before in tendering mm. with the web UI. If you had listened to the other podcast, you mm. might know that already. Um, but oh, sorry, I did not listen. <laughs> but. Uh, It was just in the earlier times we had the same functionality as a simple um, web info application exposed to the carrier, but from a security perspective and also usability-wise, it was not the perfect solution, let's say. And now with the collaboration portal, we have a replacement for that functionality, but as Jan already mentioned, with a much higher level of security, usability, etc. And uh, to come back to the mobile apps, Mm -hmm. So this, all, the collaboration portal also also uses the same way of connecting to the backend, mm. which we will see later. Okay, so it's pretty much a different UI for the same mm-hmm. process for yeah carriers not using the mm-hmm. mobile. Okay, that's it for tendering. Or is there something special in, in tendering that we have to consider? I no. mean, there's one thing we have across all areas. Maybe we should mention that you have a possibility to do an Excel download for a list of of objects, like in this case, a list of requests for quotations mm-hmm. or quotations, um, so that you can easily download the complete list, maybe the RFQs you have to process today or something like that. Um, that's also something that is frequently used, I think. And we have that, as mentioned, in, in each and every area. Okay. So maybe one, if you're talking about cross-functionality, maybe should we spend some words on how would the carrier get a user or what's, you know, that kind of that aspect or is it something we should discuss later? We can discuss later. Okay. So I guess go through the functionality. Okay. So then once uh, you not only have the freight agreement after your collaboration and, but you also want that specific tendering or you accepted this or accepted this changes, then sooner or later, hopefully you also come to execution. That's the next thing you mentioned I can do as a carrier. So what can I do as a, most likely trucker then or somebody in back office of the carrier? What could I do there? So as soon as uh, a freight order is in execution, mm-hmm. um, you see that in the portal as well, in a list for all the freight orders which are currently in execution. Mm-hmm. And we, we show all the... Or we, let's differentiate between two use cases. So if you have event management, mm-hmm. we show expected events. Yeah. So for each stop, we show which ex- events are expected when. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have TM, we just show the stops. So 
if you have expected events, you can report those events. Yeah. So they get the actual timestamp mm. when they were executed, so to say. And this is then sent back to the backend. And you are also able to add unexpected events. Like um, the tour is delayed. Mm. You can specify a reason why it is delayed. And then this is also sent to event management. Okay, so yeah. it's not only connecting to TM, but also updates uh, EM. If the freight so. order type is EM relevant, then this connects to EM and sends the information there. Okay, so it's a complete thing. You would not have separate channels or so on. It's okay, that's good. And in the same way as for nearly all the areas we have, we also have here attachment uploads, like mm. proof that you came late or that you had to wait there. A picture of the accident, why you are late. <laughs> picture of the accident, exactly. And you can also send notes and, and so on, yeah. Okay. That, and that's very similar to that, uh, oh, what's the official name? The app we have for? For the not, um, SAP <laughs> Transport Notification and Status app. Yeah. Ah, yeah, sorry. Uh, obviously. Yeah, that one. Okay, so same again, same functionality, but different. Uh, Nearly the same functionality, yes. Okay. But what we have here, in addition, what we do not support in the app is uh, reporting discrepancies. Okay. So if you're supposed okay. to pick up 10 pallets of something, but there are just nine pallets, you can also report this here. And send a picture of the missing pallet. <laughs> if you want to do that, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice. Good. Anything else for, for the execution part? As for tendering, we support two modes. You can do this map-based or not map-based. So view mm -hmm. all stops of the tour in a map and then view the events that are expected for each on the map or do this just in a list. Okay, just being curious, that map, is that uh, same map that we use? Yeah. No. It's also visual business, yeah. Visual business, oh, cool. So whatever you use as a map provider there would mm -hmm. be visible. Okay. Exactly. Good. Okay, that's it for the execution part then, mm -hmm. right? Okay, ah, that's another podcast episode, TMP23 something, huh? about execution and backend and what happens with all that mm -hmm. um, feedback coming from the ZAP-TM, SAP-TM collaboration portal. Okay. Um, yeah, now I did the execution with no deviation, uh, all good, all proof delivery sent, etc. And now I come to, yeah, I, I have to pay, right? I have to pay my carrier then, yes, sorry. But that's the last step now. So that's that freight settlement piece in the portal. So what can a carrier do in that portal without enjoying, of course, the money he can expect now? So what we support here is the, um, the self-billing process and, and dispute management with that. Um, so the idea is that uh, you as a shipper already create the invoice in mm -hmm. the backend, which you think you will pay the carrier, and then you expose this information via the collaboration portal to the carrier. Mm -hmm. So the carrier can see what the shipper plans to, to pay you or what he's going to pay you. Um, and with that, you would see... Of course, similar to what we know from the backend, the complete charge hierarchy with all the charge items and elements, etc., um, along with the logistical data like the cross weight you transported, etc. And what you can do as a carrier is either say, "Okay, I'm fine with that. This is what I will expect." Also from from the shipper, that's fine. Or you can reject and say, "Okay, um, I had additional costs, for instance, so I had to wait." at the customer for some reason, so there are additional waiting waiting fees. Mm. And then you can add those fees or modify something that is proposed um, from the, the shipper because they say, okay, it was expected like like 50 bucks, but now it's 70 bucks or something. 
And then you can send this back to the shipper, who in the TM system can see this and can again accept or reject it. And um, then again, the carrier can check uh, can accept this if the carrier if the shipper proposed something differently. And like this, you can do an endless ping pong, I would say, until both agree on what has what has to be paid. And by that, in the end, the, the invoicing can be completed. And again, you can upload attachments, add notes, and so on. So everything that is needed for, for an efficient and quick um, dispute management and dispute resolution. So basically, um, the shipper would, if there is in a, in a certain time frame, there is no dispute mm -hmm. created, mm -hmm. automatically after seven days, the carrier gets the money transferred. So okay. usually they have some agreements. Mm. If you don't complain about that, after seven days you get the full amount, mm. which I proposed, and otherwise you have to complain about that. Okay. And that is defined somewhere in freight agreement then, or that seven days you mentioned, or? I, I don't know where this, okay. if there isn't, yeah, if, if it is defined in the TM system or not, I don't know. Oh, should, okay, but it's maybe something, uh, yeah, not specific to that part, but more the dispute management as such would be a topic for the details on that. Mm. Okay, so I think then we we are maybe com more or less complete, right, with the functional usages of the port. I think one other interesting aspect is the technical infrastructure, the way, yeah, how is it different or special uh, compared to, for example, your old um, <clears throat> collaboration portal or whatever the name was, tendering portal, maybe, I don't know. So how, how is that different? And you also mentioned already it communicates like a mobile app, so yeah, maybe some technical details. I mean, with the old tendering with Dimbro UI, the carrier was directly accessing the TM backend. I mean, really directly acting on the TM server. Hmm. I mean, the processes we, we offer through the collaboration portal are also acting directly on the backend. But in between, we also have a different server component, which is the SAP NetWeaver Gateway, which is also used for the mobile applications. Mm -hmm. And with that, we offer several um, deployment options, how you could deploy this. So in the admin, in the administration guide of the collaboration portal, we listed all the options we, we currently support. So you can, um, for the collaboration portal, we deliver a different software component. Mm -hmm which is the SAP TM UI component. And this can be deployed either on the SAP TM backend system. Yeah. Like the old, that would be like uh, we did it in, in the old. Would okay. be like the old yeah. way, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, or you can deploy it on a separate SAP NetWeaver gateway instance. Mm -hmm. And then you can put this server either inside your complete um, system landscape mm -hmm. or into the DM set. Yeah. And the more outside you put it, the, the more secure it is. What does DM set mean? The DM set is the dematerial... Militarized. Demilitarized zone, <laughs> exactly. Which means if somebody attacks this zone, mm. the attacker does not get access to the internal system landscape, mm. but is only in a, in a, uh, in a, in a, in an area which is mm. in front of your network. Okay. Your so system it's landscape. outside your critical network. Exactly. And, and so if somebody, because I mean, of course you have to expose it to the yes. outside world because that's a functionality. Exactly. If somebody gets control over that server, that's not I mean, it's not nice, but it's not as bad as it would not be your critical, yeah. business critical applications exactly. already. So That's the key point here, in right? In the old scenario, you would have to put a hole in the wall of the, the DM set on mm. both sides of the wall to the outside and to the inside. And like this, an attacker could theoretically grab just from the outside directly 
into your internal mm. landscape, into your internal TM system, and could theoretically also do whatever he could do in that TM system from the outside. And most likely is that that TM system is not only the TM system, it's also the other like ERP systems exactly. would be in the same neighborhood, so to say. Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Okay. So, so wouldn't you use a PI process integration? No, we don't system. have a PI in that in that case. In the old scenario. Not in that scenario. I mean we we had offered EDI communication mm -hmm. via PI. That's still available of course, but that's not used for providing the data to the UI mm -hmm. because that's the big question of how do we get the data from the internal system to the UI that the carrier can access through his web browser. Mm -hmm. So that's a big question and yeah. PI is not very suitable to do that. And that's, yeah, you already mentioned that gateway or SAP NetWeaver gateway server, which is also used to connect um, mobile devices like yes. the tendering app and the, the other app you mentioned, the name. Notification. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, that one, so it's made for integrating external systems directly with uh, It's a backend, right? With yes. all the security, and, and that makes it uh, also safer to use that one that way compared to the other way. And we have the same interface, so if you extend something, okay, we come to that later. But if if you have carriers using the carrier or ZAP SAP TM collaboration portal and the uh, ZAP TM app for tendering. Maybe you can. <laughs> Then, uh, the, the, in, in the end, the communication channels are sa the same. And right? also, if you have Fiori mm -hmm. applications, mm -hmm. they use the same deployment as well. Okay. And to coming back to the um, deployment options, so the the recommended way from from SAP is that um, you put the TM server into the system landscape as usual. Mm -hmm. You deploy the TM UI component on the separate uh, gateway server put this server into the DM set. Mm. And then in front of this server, you also have a upper web dispatcher or any mm. reverse proxy, which will allow the, the call from the outside into your internal network. Mm. And um, then this gateway server communicates, if you are allowed to, to the TM backend system. So the chain would be, I have my TM, that's a core, so we start from it, the yes. TM system, that is within your yeah, critical network area, then you leave the secure zone, go into the DM set, where you most likely already have your gateway server. You install this SAP TM collaboration portal UI component there, and then that reverse proxy is used to... On, to, 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 to enable the carriers to connect to the internal network, to your to, DM set. To the DM set. Yes. Okay, with internal, I just want to clarify. Yeah, so to internal the DM set, means course, yes. DM set. Okay. So what is what is also important is that um, the gateway server communicates with the TM backend via RFC calls. So it's not like that that the external request from the outside world are just routed through the gateway server, which could also theoretically do any harm if they would just be routed through. But they are really translated into RFC calls. So also that is, from my perspective, an additional layer of security. Okay. Okay, that's the system landscape aspect. Maybe you already mentioned the old tendering portal was WebDunpro, so it sounds like now the SAPTM collaboration portal is something different. So what is it? 
So it's a web-based portal. Mm -hmm. And for that, we use the pretty new SAP UI5 um, JavaScript uh, framework mm -hmm. to create nice, uh, us usable web-based UIs, mm -hmm. which is also available outside, uh, I guess in the meantime, also as um, open source, so, mm -hmm. or at least parts of that. Um, yeah, and, and it's a purely HTML5 JavaScript CSS-based web portal. Mm -hmm. So you make, making use of the up-to-date uh, front-end technology, so to speak. And yeah, so it's quite fast, directly working on the, on a, in a stateless manner, mm -hmm. which means it's completely contrary to what we know in the SAP world currently. Mm -hmm. And um, it's making use of the newest web technology. Okay. Is there any recommendations, warnings uh, for browsers that would be supported? I mean, the, if it's the newest web technology, <laughs> the newer bro the browser is, the better, of course. Yeah. Okay. So Internet Explorer 6 is not supported, right? No. So okay. <laughs> um, I guess the, the UI5 support starts with uh, Internet Explorer 8 in mm. a rough manner. Mm. Um, 9 gets better, but 10 would be the best. Mm. And mm. I would not recommend to use Internet Explorer at all. So with Firefox and Chrome, you are on the safe side. Okay. Yeah, um, well, of course, that's part of the carrier's IT strategy. Yeah. So I think maybe not completely in the end user center. And if you, mm. if you use a Mac, then Safari is only supported. Ah, only Safari. No Chrome on Mac? No? I mean, you can use it, of course, but the support is only for Safari given. But from okay. our experience, it just works as well with Chrome and Iron and Firefox and whatever you have there. Okay, but Let's Safari see. on Win, is that also supported? Not officially. Not officially. <laughs> and Linux? Any? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so maybe but most likely. If but if it's this. running on one Chrome, it's also most probably running on all the others. Mm. Okay, good. Let's see... UI technology uh, aspect. You already mentioned that gateway little thing. I think that may be important to understand that uh, there is no save button or something, right? Whatever you do is directly if you send it in the backend. I think maybe that's yeah based on that uh, gateway approach, right? There's no transaction or something. So whatever you do, I mean, of course you can I think change something in the browser, but then if you say send or whatever the terminal is, it's there. The it's backend. there. There's no Okay. I mean, stateless, to come back to the to your transactions, mm -hmm. stateless means that every HTTP request, mm -hmm. which you technically uh, send, um, is one single transaction, which means you go into the backend, you mm -hmm. open a transaction, then something is processed there, directly saved, and the session mm -hmm. is again closed, so the transaction is closed to that, mm -hmm. and then for the next call, you, you have to do the same again, mm -hmm. and the backend doesn't remember that you have been there before. Mm -hmm. So change talks will look uh, interesting after a while, right? And, yeah. But of course, I mean, most likely you will do your, you enter your data and then send it once and then done. But there's no safe or something. It's, yes. I mean, but that's pretty common in, in HTML5 world also, right? There's like in Google Docs or so there's also no safe. Mm -hmm. No explicit at least. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, that's now a bit different technology compared to let's say standard TM, what we use somewhere else, is there some specific extensibility implications a customer would have to consider, like UI extensions, communication extensions, or maybe it's extensions slash personalization, so I want to have my own logo on that. Um, 
even though it's a SAP TM collaboration portal, I want, might want to see my logo on that. Uh, for so we have several ways of uh, extensibility, adapt, adaption possibilities, whatever. Um, so let's come maybe first to personalization. Mm -hmm. So what we support throughout the complete portal, that every user can personalize the use of the tables. So mm -hmm. you can define the the visibility of the columns. You can say you don't want to see that column anymore. Mm -hmm. Then this is saved in the backend. So the next time you log in, you don't see the column again, right? Um, you can change the width of any column. You can save the filtering of the columns. Like you only want to see certain requests for quotation, mm -hmm. for example. Um, then we also offer um, a data selection horizon. I don't know. Selection days in the past. Short question or personalization? Yes. Is it something which is possible or is it something I can influence if my, maybe I don't want my users or the carrier's users to do that for support? Uh, Currently it cannot be okay. switched off. It's a default. It's, yeah, so yes. it would be a uh, non-technical way of forbidding it. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Well, yes and no. There are part of the settings which are equally available in the TM backend system. So, mm -hmm. for instance, we allow as part of the personalization to change the um, the default time zone of the user, mm -hmm. for instance, or whether he wants to see distances in kilometers or miles. Mm -hmm. So, those user settings we know from the backend, from those nice little pop-up you can reach yeah. from the Netware business client, we are reusing exactly that. And whatever we reuse from that can be, of course, also changed in the backend via um, user Mm. Uh, parameters. Mm. Yeah, my question was more like I, I know that, of course, it's for the end user a nice feature to to change like sequence mm -hmm. of columns or hide columns. But then if you forget that you hide it, and then you get a warning message that kind of thing. That's why I, I remember that some customers didn't like that personalization before supported. But at the moment, the end user can. Okay. Currently, we only allow to to uh, to remove those columns which are not editable. So okay. if you have a, a table where you can read only lists right, mm -hmm. and see data, um, we allow it to hide that, oh, okay. but we would not allow fields you can edit and send to the back. Ah, okay, so I would not enter in a maintenance nightmare because right. all relevant fields are mandatory. So okay. okay. What Good. we have for each user is a button in the portal settings to say, okay, reset, reset mm -hmm. personalization. Mm -hmm. So if nothing works anymore for any reason, I mean, at least the support can tell yeah. the users, okay, just reset and then... You're good again. Okay, good. And then um, we offer also um, selection days in the past. Mm -hmm. So we allow um, the user to restrict the data he wants to see. Mm -hmm. Most probably we assume that um, all the data which is relevant should be in the future. And so we deliver... Um, At least for the uh, tendering piece, right? I mean, for execution. Oh. <laughs> okay. yeah, most probably, I mean, <laughs> if you are acting mm -hmm. in time, Yeah. You should have it at least around the press. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, we deliver a pre-selection period of 30 days in, into the past. Mm -hmm. And all what, what is later will not be shown anymore. Mm -hmm. What is older than that. And you can, but you can change this in the user settings as well. So if you say you want, you say you want to see all the data. That 30, now I have to ask this question. That 30 days, which time is it compared against? Because remember, we have a tour time episode. Which is a complete episode only about times? Depends on the area you yeah. work on. Okay. So we have for each area, we have yeah. a different setting. Okay. So you can decide for tendering, you can decide you want to see 30 days into the past. 
Is it the first for activity, last activity, creation date, last time? The selection gen? time of the header. The selection time of the first stop then? Yeah. Ah, okay. I assume so. If you are more interested <laughs> into that topic, we can have a different session about that. Yeah, yeah. To discuss it's, all the dates we have. I just want to have a shameless plug to our, to our time session. So if you want to know what the selection time for the first stop is, there is uh, an extra episode for that. TMP9, maybe? Something like that. Okay. Sorry. This I had about, to ask that. <laughs> this was about the personalization of mm -hmm. each and every user. Yeah, yeah. And now um, you as a shipper could have some field extensions. Mm -hmm. So means uh, for tendering, you have one specific field you want to add to the portal. So we, we offer a built-in extensibility. Mm -hmm. um, that means you, which consists of two things. So on the one hand, gateway extensions. And on the other hand, UI extensions. So for the gateway, um, it's also described in the admin guide. For the gateway, you just have to enhance the gateway service, means you have to tell the metadata of the service there is a new field. Mm. For that, we have defined a body. Mm. So you have to implement this body, and you can uh, enhance every gateway service you have with a specific field. Mm. And in another body method, you have to provide the content of this field. And if you define... One service we have clearly uh, written down in the admin guide, which table is automatically extended by this field. So, for example, tendering, you have the request for quotation table. And as soon as you add one field to this gateway service, this table automatically gets a new column, hmm. which contains the name and value of your extension. Okay. So that means on the UI, we have predefined placeholders where we automatically add those fields. So, for instance, we have, as Jan mentioned, I think three different places where we usually display our queue information and all those three places would get the new field. Then we have a similar thing for the item table. So if you want to enhance the item information with the um, sales order reference you have in your system or something like that, you could add this. And if you enhance the service, the item table would be enhanced. And that's both for display and change fields? No, or display. display fields. Okay. So Currently. Okay. And of course, if a customer has the requirement to display the fields at a different place, he always has the possibility to also modify the UI. No, but it, that, that's, that's the next point. Okay. We yeah. don't have to modify that. So if you're not satisfied with that, hmm? and we clearly described that where we enhance something, UI5 offers another concept of customer extensions, hmm? which enable you to not modify the portal. But um, if you tell us you have the need that we have an extension point somewhere, yeah. we have to build that in. Yeah. And then you have uh, a certain place where you can place your own custom code. In which language? JavaScript. JavaScript. Like UI5 as, okay. as always. Yeah, yeah but I think maybe important to know. But then you can <laughs> refer to a new JavaScript file. Yeah. And this file is exactly loaded at this place where we foresee mm. it. So you don't have to modify it. You just implement your, your UI there. And then this is loaded in addition. So the UI5 concept concludes of, of, of several uh, things you can do. You can have custom extensions of what I just said. Then you can have uh, you can replace a complete UI. Like you are not satisfied at all with the tendering we deliver. I don't think so. You could just exchange it, replace mm. it. Or if you say, ah, tendering is good, execution is good, everything is good, but I need one additional complete new area. Mm. You can also enable that. Okay, but that most likely would also need a complete new gateway service to communicate with, and that would be 
would go beyond, but you could integrate it into Simply. your without portal. modification. Then. Yeah. Other way around, if I already have uh, like a supplier portal, can I embed, for example, that carrier portal? So if you have it? the SAP Netweaver portal, yeah, then we are also able to be started from there. Yeah. Okay. And this is also mentioned in a chapter in the admin guide. So you just have to basically, um, I don't know the exact name, um, you create uh, such an add-in, mm. and then our application just runs inside the NetWeaver portal, but it still runs standalone. Okay. So for, for your carrier, which who is currently using that NetWeaver portal, maybe, um, the look and feel stays the same, mm. and just inside there's a new workspace where it just sees our portal then. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's about custom extensions, and if you have the need for applying your colors mm. and your logo, for example, mm. your branding, mm. um, then we offer theming as well. Mm -hmm. So there is the UI5 theme designer, mm. which shows you um, the predefined SAP theme, and mm. you can just overwrite some specific colors. Okay. Or you can upload your logo. Okay. And then you just have to deploy that into your system mm. and change the URL of the portal. And then to apply this theme, mm -hmm. and then the web page appears in your in your design. Sounds good. Which okay. is quite easy. It's just an URL parameter, which mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So instead of uh, SAP's delivered design, you, you name it custom design, custom theme. Mm -hmm. Just have to provide this parameter into the URL then, and then you get your desired design. Okay. That's it for the. Technical infrastructure, right? Or yes. anything we miss? Maybe the user thing, right? So if, if I have a carrier, is there something special? Because we talked about the two systems at Gateway and the back end and stuff. So is there a special procedure? I have a new, I'm, I'm your carrier and I have a new user. Is there something special for that or how would that work? Of course, you need users in two systems. Yeah. Okay. One in the Gateway mm -hmm. and one in the TM backend system. Yeah. And this user, please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong now. Um, this user has to be assigned as an internet user. Mm -hmm. In which system? In the TM system. Okay. As an internet user to the to a contact per, to business partner, mm -hmm. which act as a contact person for this carrier. Okay, that is what everybody would expect, right? So. Of course. So it's the, the very same um, business partner setup we, yeah. we ever had for tendering, mm. which you had to use if you were using the old web UI in tendering mm. or if you're doing email communication in tendering. So we always have okay. this construct there. So even so, everybody can uh, um, go back. And so it's, it's, it's a user. It must be an internet user. That internet user must be assigned, assigned to a contact person, to a business partner, which is a contact person. Okay. And this as, as a kind of, okay, it's the same thing kind of assignment, right? So I'm that internet user for that contact person as a business partner, so, okay? So mm -hmm. the internet user as an explanation is actually just a general SU01 user in the system. Mm. With so authorization stuff. Exactly. Okay. And that is just mapped to a specific business partner. Okay. And so you need the link to the carrier and that is through a contact person, business partner, which is then assigned as a... As the carrier. Yeah, the contact per person is assigned to the carrier and as, as, contact, person. as, as contact person. Ah, the relationship is contact person. I mean, you Good. have one carrier mm. and that carrier has various planners 
working on the portal, for instance. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not allowed to have just one user for the carrier. I mean, each person has a has to have a separate mm -hmm. um, log-on data. And this is why we have this relationship from the carrier to the various contact persons, and each contact person should have a separate internet user. And this is mm -hmm. how it works. Okay. And coming back to authorization, uh, mm -hmm. authorizations, so we offer two roles. And one role is, in, is, is for the backend part. Mm -hmm. So this is the role you have to provide to the user, which works on the TM backend. Mm -hmm. And all? <laughs> yeah, TM all is best. <laughs> okay. They don't have any issues um, <laughs> besides security issues. Um, and then you, we have another role, which is intended for the, for the part where the UI component works on. So most, mostly this is gateway. So with the backend role, you provide authorizations for, for the gateway services to connect against TM and you provide all the backend authorizations. Like this user is allowed to use tendering, mm -hmm. okay. trade order types, visibility and so on. Mm -hmm. And the other one um, provides the counterpart for the gateway authorization and it provides the visibility of the work sets. So we discussed about trade mm -hmm. order management mm -hmm. where, where we have tendering execution and so on. Okay. And you as a shipper can decide, I don't want to have execution at all. I just want to have tendering. Mm. So you can just uh, go into that role and, and change the pre-delivered content. Just remove that visibility of the execution part, for example. And then none of your carriers can see that. Okay. And I think from an administrator's okay. point of view, this is quite nice because what we do to manage this visibility is just to define the um, menu in the role. What It's just standard for PFCG roles to define mm. the menu structure. And if you stick to the, the structure as we deliver it, keeping the hierarchies and so on, it's really very, very easy to maintain that also for the, the customers. So there's nothing mm. special fancy we do here. It's just standard PFCG maintenance. Okay. Good. That's it then for, for the users, right? Uh, maybe that takes me to, uh, it sounds very fancy, and, and if you talk users, is there any extra license I need for the SAP TM collaboration portal? Or should I ask somebody else that question? For <laughs> licensing, I guess it's a discussion we can we can have on its own. Um, I'm not quite sure about that. I would expect there is no separate licensing, oh. but there were a lot of discussions about that in the past. Mm. Okay. My current uh, information is that we don't have extra licensing. Mm. Okay. So we should cut that out, right? <laughs> no, okay. Not not sure yet on our side. Okay. That's a development podcast here, not a TM selling podcast. Good. Um, and uh, one last question I would have for, from the carrier side is, uh, is there any specifics or any special for devices that we support? So we already talked about Mac, um, Windows, obviously, Linux, potentially. Is there also for mobile devices? Could I also use it from a Tablet. I mean, the, we designed that portal clearly for the desktop usage, mm. but it's all, it can also be consumed like every web page mm. on tablets, mm. for example, the iPad. Mm. And we provide in that portal two views for the same data. So we always have a, a table view, which mm. enables efficient working. Yeah. And we have a, a detail view. Mm. And this is nicely formatted content which is also adapted to the needs of a tablet. Okay. And um, on a tablet, you only see the detail view because we assume this is the the nice part you mm. want to work with. Mm. It's more usable than the other one. 
But if you're working on a desktop, you can decide whether you want to use the detail view mm-hmm. or the table view. Okay. And um, customers, we ask, say, 50-50, I prefer that view or the other one. Okay. So we just leave it to the user how we want to use that. Okay. Can I also predefine that which view I prefer? So the personalization as soon as you change or? it, it's automatically persistent. Ah, okay. So the next time you come Status. in, it's there again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Complete. I think we also have to hurry up a bit. Today is uh, quarterfinals and the soccer world championship, right? So uh, sorry, France. Uh, <laughs> most likely. So I think that's it for for it. Today, right? Or did we miss something? Or maybe we can just wrap up um, the highlights of this portal. Yeah. So Sabine already mentioned some some stuff like the Excel export, which is quite mm. quite nice. We have the personaliz- personalization throughout the complete portal. And what we also offer is um, a help center, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we have a built-in help. As soon as you get lost on one screen, you just... Uh, it is nearly impossible, I assume, right? It's, of course. It's that okay, usable events, yeah. that you cannot be lost. Yeah, but if okay. but if you would be lost, um, there is a built-in help. That means you just open in a side panel mm-hmm. where you get a small text for introduction of this topic. And from that, you can navigate to detailed help texts to find your way in that portal. Okay, I think that's very important because the users are not your users, right? So it should be... Exactly. To avoid calls and confusion. And is that also something where a customer could jump in and say, okay, that, for example, explaining that additional field that he uh, or she uh, added uh, for... Um, I guess the help texts are mm-hmm. available as general KM texts mm-hmm. in KW, so I guess they can enhance this, yes. Okay. There's actually one thing we completely missed um, through the discussion, and this is our home screen. So whenever you log on to the portal, you um, get a a home screen as the first screen, and there you see nice little boxes on it. (laughs) You see um, the so-called tiles, and those are just uh, little boxes with a a header uh, showing the area they belong to. For instance, we have a box for uh, freight order management and tendering uh, RFQs. And you more or less just see a, a number in it indicating, okay, there's something I have to do. So in the end, you have just a couple of KPIs there. Hmm. For instance, showing you, um, okay, there are three new open requests for quotations you have to work on. Or here are from the freight agreement management, um, two quotations you submitted, which have been processed with errors in the back end and you have to work on them. So whenever a carrier logs on, you can immediately see if there's something to do for him, something mm. he has to process, something he has to take action on, um, etc. And from that, he can just click on those tiles, mm. and then he directly jumps into the application and can start to work on that. So with the tiles, it's already Windows 8 compatible, right? So. It's even better. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, we missed it. I missed it uh, completely. Yeah. I should have asked that question if there's a home with tiles. Sorry. Next time. You will ask it in every podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we have home with tiles? Okay. Good. Yeah, but that's basically... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy that potentially free portal. Um, and, yeah, let's see uh, if we get some feedback on it. I think so far it's pretty new, right? So we developed it together with customers, but you can be the first one to productively use it. Okay. Bye. 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 Welcome back. 
you might have thought that we already left, but there's one more highlight um, which we want to point out to you. Yeah, so we we built in a completely offline demo modus. That means um, we have provided JSON data um, for all the areas we support to provide example data like it would look like from your system. And for demo purposes, for training purposes, you can just enable this local demo mode. And um, your, your carriers can already play with that. You can train them in using that portal with that mode. And they don't have to access the TM backend for that. Okay. Do we, do we also have that? So if somebody listening would like to get that feeling, do we also have to have such a um, demo system or landscape somewhere sitting that we... I mean, for employees of SAP, we have this. Okay. But for externals, we currently don't offer that. Don't yet. Not yet. Okay. Because it's just available in our local landscape. Okay. But for, for training purposes, etc., you can then... You, you have still to, have to mm, deploy that on mm, your side. Mm. But as soon as you have deployed it, you don't have to provide all the authorizations. You also offer a separate role for this, for mm -hmm. this demo yeah. purpose. And the user does not get access to the processes in TM. Mm. It just gets access to the local demo data, which is contained in the uh, UI component. Mm. So it would just run on based on the gateway system. So it would not even cross the DMZ yes. line. Nice. Okay, then next try to say goodbye. Huh? <laughs> Good. Bye. Bye.